Welcome to Unity of Tucson. This month, the theme is transform. The theme is transform, and here's the thing about this construct, this idea of transformation. I believe that transformation is inevitable. I believe that transformation is inevitable, and I believe that it is directable, that we are not subject to just transforming into some that we have an opportunity right where we are in every given moment to say, this is how I choose to be a transformational, evolutionary thinker in this thing called life, and that we can take charge of our own expression and experience in life and make change right where we are with this in mind, that as we make change right where we are, we are affecting every aspect of this universe. That's the power that we have, each and every one of us individually. As individualizations of this infinite power and presence that we call, we refer to it by the name God. We can call it by any number of names, universal presence, power, spirit, love. Love is my favorite. I always say that. That's who we are. That's who we are. That is our identity. Every aspect of our beingness, every aspect of our physical presence, every aspect of our spiritual presence, there is no part of us that is not wholly divine. I choose to live in that state of belief. And what I have found is that as that informs my experience of life, I am directing my experience of life, and the quality of my life has gotten so much better. So much better. And it has... I think that all the mystics of the ages have all essentially invited us into this construct of awareness. In Paul's letter to the Romans, he offered this, do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That has such resonance with me today as I think about this age that we experience where there seems to be so much conflict. There seems, well, let's face it, another war has just broken out. And I'm not trying to depress us all. But I, I, I heard recently this idea, and, I, and, and, and the thing is, it's not, it's not in my notes because it's coming to me in the moment. That happens sometimes. Um, you know, we strive for peace. We strive for peace. We want peace in this world. Don't we want peace in this world? We have a peace candle. And we talk about, yes, right where I am, I am peace. And as I allow my peace to inform everything. You know what? There's someone who said once that the opposite of violence is not peace. It's justice. I believe that was Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. But what does justice mean? Because justice does not mean that it's my justice and not your justice. That's the thing we have to keep in mind. It is our justice to acknowledge the truth that I hold in my heart. This is how I choose to understand justice, that I acknowledge the truth in my own heart, that if I am the infinite power and presence of the divine and I understand that to be true for every single person I encounter, 
That is the great equalizer. Because how can I be in conflict with myself? How can I be in conflict with myself if I truly know who I am? And so this is, a, this is an exploration that we can be on to not be conformed to this age, but to be transformed by the renewing of the mind. I'm grateful that I found this philosophy in my life and that, as I said, it is, adopting the practices and principles of this philosophy has greatly enhanced the quality of my life. And I always believed there was something. Now, many of you know I grew up unchurched, which means I did not grow up in a religious tradition. I did not grow up going to church. I grew up unchurched. And so I was able to find and explore on my own. And I, like I said, I always knew there was something my brain, I was like, there's something. Because there's, this can't be it, folks. Trust me, this can't be it. This limitation. <laughs> and at the same time, I had a fraught relationship with the concept of religion or church because I looked at it as structure that was, that was not meant to be challenged or questioned. And that did not work for me. Did not work for me. Um, I had a lot of opportunities to consider that, too. So when I was a kid... And we're talking when I was a kid. <laughs> now you're going to... This is, this is not meant to be a slight on any of the parenting skills. <laughs> I love you, my dad. Um, <laughs> just so you know, I don't know if you have an awareness of what was going on when I was like seven, eight years old, when I would go visit my aunts and uncles in, in California for the summer. But there was time... so. Uh, I would go up to Mendocino, so I would, I would go to different aunts and uncles like in, in the Bay Area and also up into the northern coast, and um, there were times when I would go to Mendocino, and my cousins, I had two uh, cousins, one who was my age, one who was a couple years younger than I, um, we were terrorists <laughs> in Mendocino. <laughs> At seven or eight years old, uh, their mother would drive us into, the, into town. She would go to work and just let us roam. <laughs> yeah. And we would roam around. We would, we would always hit up the candy store. And I remember this. Remember the, like this, the, the paper that had the little dots of candy? That was my favorite. I loved that. One of the things that happened is, uh, at least one of those summers, uh, we found, the three of us found our way into a summer Christian day camp. And I had no idea what we were walking into, but hey, there was music, so let's go check out the music that they're, that they're engaged in there. So lots of music and enthusiasm. It's like, yeah, yeah. And we dance around and sing the songs, and somehow I knew that it just wasn't quite for me. Like, I didn't really know what they were singing about, but it just didn't quite resonate with me too deeply. There was something in the experience also that I think was, that even at that young age, I realized was a little bit of a, a missed mark for me, that there was empty enthusiasm, that it was devoid of authenticity, that it was rah, rah, life is great, but it really, didn't, it really wasn't a felt sense. And I, and I don't want to cast aspersions on that community. They get to experience life in exactly the way they want to experience life. Here's the thing I knew. It was not for me. It was not for me, personally. That was my takeaway, and it's not everyone's takeaway. What I realize is that I have been on a consistent path in my life, and maybe this will resonate for you, of seeking to understand 
something deeper. When I got into uh, university, my first major was media arts with an emphasis in film production. And I spent a lot of time hanging out in the student union right here at the university, the old student union, remember that? Um, I spent a lot of time hanging out in the student union, and I would hang out in the Women's Resource Center. <laughs> As we were developing the Bisexual Gay and Lesbian Association Resource Center, I spent a lot of time in the Women's Resource Center, and there was an individual at the Women's Resource Center that I was always really intrigued by because uh, this, this woman's major was religious studies. And I always thought, oh, that's a fascinating major. Maybe I should check that out. This film student. Maybe I should check out religious studies. I never did. Um, ultimately, I went on to change my major to theater. Go figure. <laughs> but the construct always has intrigued me, the construct of the exploration of what is beyond the sense of an individualized self. What is God? I mean, it's a fundamental question that we seek to answer, and we have ideas that we teach here in the New Thought Movement in unity about what God is. You've heard me express it a lot today. God is you. God is me. God is the energy of creation that makes up this entire universe, and the universe itself is the demonstration, the manifestation, the body of God. And you know what? It's probably more. Because if God is infinite, we cannot be bound to the limitations we perceive of this universe. And there is no way to comprehend the allness of the divine. But here's what I know. The exploration in this field has allowed me to deepen into a felt sense. So I can't describe God adequately in the same way that I can just feel it. I can just feel it. So this journey has ultimately been me seeking spiritual self-sufficiency. And I think I found that really, the first time I really truly felt that was in my first experience in a New Thought community. When I sat down on a Sunday, even to a service that I had been dragged to, and I always say, if you've been dragged here, you're here on purpose. <laughs> you may not recognize or understand the purpose yet, but you are here on purpose. But I was dragged to this celebration, and I sat there. I was like, oh, okay, if I, okay, it's a church experience. I'm not really keen on church. If I get struck down by lightning, at least then I have an answer. Because <laughs> I was a heathen, you know. But I sat and I listened to the messages that were being presented on the platform in front of me, and I thought, oh my goodness, this just feels right. It just makes sense. So I went on this path of developing spiritual self-sufficiency. That Sunday was the beginning of consecutive Sundays that I essentially have not missed a Sunday since, well, except when I was on sabbatical. But I was still part of this Sunday celebration, I want you all to know. I watched every single week. Spiritual self-sufficiency is personal. It is a personal journey that we can all be on. It is an introspective journey. It varies for every single one of us. It requires 
connecting with the inner self. And that's what I realized was missing for me in so many of the experiences that I'd had in being introduced to various traditions, that I hadn't tapped into my inner self yet. And when I tapped into the inner self to explore my beliefs and my values, and opening up to the element of finding a sense of purpose and fulfillment, that's when it all fell into place for me. So today's message is, psst. If you saw the Friday email, it's psst, you know, like we're telling a secret. What that means is personal, spiritual, self-sufficiency technique. That's what I'm going to invite us all into today. The personal, spiritual, self-sufficiency technique, and it is not a secret. And in fact, one of the things that drives me crazy is when I go to these conferences, and I go to conferences at least a few times a year, and oh, you so frequently hear, we have the best kept secret in the world. Stop making it a secret. Let's stop making it a secret. Let's stop referring to it as a secret. It does not need to be a secret. I loved the movie The Secret, and I also it drove me crazy. Because The Secret essentially talks about what we talk about, but it, for me, it didn't get to the feeling. It was far too surface. For me, I don't know, if, you, if it resonates with you, awesome. I don't want to take that away from you. It does not have to be the best kept secret. It does not have to be hard work. It, it's going to be work but it doesn't have to be hard work. You get to decide whether or not the work is joyful. So I have several steps to the technique, the personal self-sufficiency, the personal spiritual self-sufficiency technique. Psst. <laughs> Step number one, let's begin with self-reflection. Self-reflection, that's where we can begin this journey. What got you to where you are now? And this is all rhetorical. And what I'm going to encourage us all to do is to consider these ideas. If you need to go back and watch the video again, because I'm just going to go through them. If you want to go back and watch the video again, get your journal out. Write down some of these ideas. So one, number one, self-reflection. What got you to where you are now? That's where I would begin. What got me to where I am now? As I sat in that celebration, that the first New Thought community experience I ever had, there was something that went, made me go, what got me to this place? How did I get to be where I am now? And in that self-reflection, I also invited this question, what's next? What's next? And so that leads me to number two in the technique. Explore your beliefs. I say it every single week. I am not here to tell you what to believe. I am here to invite us all on the exploration of what it is we believe. And, and, and specifically, I invite us all into an exploration of what it is we believe about the nature of spirituality and the nature of existence. Go on that journey. Don't be afraid of the journey. Deep, deeply consider the question. Explore your beliefs. What is it I believe? And how's it working for me? How's it working for me? It is done unto you as you believe. And so if something is not working in your life, there's probably a belief to look at as to why it's not working. And know that you have the power because you are the power to address and shift that belief. 
What brings us to this path? Many people, this path, they come to this path because they are, how do I want to phrase this? They're opening up to a realization and a sense of their own mortality. As if to say, is this all there is? Why am I here? Is there something beyond? That's what often brings people to the path of spirituality. So, self-reflection, explore your beliefs. And as you determine through this journey what it is you would like to experience, well, then develop a practice. Develop a spiritual practice. We teach two primary tools here at Unity and really in the entire New Thought movement. Those tools are meditation. Meditation. And that's actually where I started. I started with meditation. Not quite when I was in Mendocino, <laughs> but around the time that I, was, uh, that, I was, that I was introduced to this woman in the Women's Studies, uh, or the, the Women's Resource Center, um, I was introduced to pure, uh, it's, it's uh, Buddhist tradition, Pure Land Buddhism, uh, a particular meditation practice in Pure Land Buddhism. And that was in 1992, and I became an avid meditator. If that's, I guess that's a word. I became a meditator from that moment on, 1992. So meditation is one of the practices that we offer and teach as a practice for you to adopt if that resonates with you. The other practice is prayer. Prayer. And if you are unfamiliar with our practice and our teaching of prayer, we teach prayer from this understanding that it is a first-person declarative experience. We are not supplicating ourselves and begging for something outside the self. Charles Fillmore, the founder of Unity, offered, well, one of the founders of Unity, and perhaps, as we've said recently, perhaps more of a secondary founder of Unity. There's a whole thing in there. We don't have to get into that today. He offered this in his description of prayer. He said, prayer is the most highly accelerated mind action known. Prayer is the most highly accelerated mind action known. So if you are looking to shift something in your life, prayer is a path to do that. Prayer from the point of view of I am that which is because that which is is all there is. And so as I state what it is I require and desire in my life, it must be so, rooted in the belief that it is so. And as I accept that belief is so, and as I feel the feelings that are wrapped up in that, you know what I find? My prayers are always answered. So prayer is a fundamental technique we teach here at Unity. And here's the thing, find a practice because, oh, here comes the Tuesday night class. If you're in the Tuesday night class, you'd probably know what I'm about to say. Find a practice because technique is anything that works. If it works for you, let it work for you. So three, develop a practice. Four, be willing to seek guidance. Be willing to seek guidance. We have spiritual teachers, we have mentors, and they can all offer an intellectual context supporting your journey and invite you into the felt context. We are here to be of service, those of us who have stepped into these types of roles, prayer chaplains, uh, licensed unity teachers, 
um, practitioners of spiritual, uh, spiritual practitioners, ministers. We are here to be of service, to invite you into this path. I also encourage us all to read and study, explore text, explore literature, explore philosophy, explore philosophy that aligns with your beliefs, but also explore philosophy that challenges your belief. That challenge can be a catalyst for deeper personal growth. I've always claimed that new thought philosophies work for me right now. This is what works for me right now. And if I deepen to a point where they don't, I am willing to change my mind and explore something else. That's the ultimate new thought practice, having a willingness to change your mind about what it is that you've adopted in your belief system. We're offering an opportunity for that type of practice as we launch our fall renewal coming up in a few weeks. The fall renewal is a series of Sundays where I will be teaching from the same book. That book this year is going to be The Five Principles uh, by Ellen Debenport. It is available in our store. <laughs> Part of that also is that we develop study groups who, following the Sunday celebration, gather together at some point during the week to have a deeper discussion about the book. Um, and I've spent several weeks training leaders for these study groups. And so I encourage you to seek out a study group. There's going to be a sign-up starting today, in fact, for study groups. And this goes hand-in-hand hand with actually what the next step is, because Yes, it's wonderful to read and study, but you know what's even better on the spiritual journey? Connecting with others. Connecting with others. Spiritual self-sufficiency is enhanced when you have a sense of belonging. I really want you to hear that. Spiritual self-sufficiency is enhanced when you have a sense of belonging, when you find a community that is supportive of your transformation, of your journey. I also acknowledge that there is no one-size-fits-all approach to any of this. And new thought, the, 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 the philosophy of new thought, of which, if you're new here, unity is part of a new thought, what's called the new thought movement. New thought was always meant to be a supplement to your religious tradition, your spiritual tradition. It was never meant to become its own tradition. It's an encouragement for each and every one of us to go on the exploration to say, if this is my tradition, why do I believe what I believe? And am I, is this enhancing the quality of my life? My personal self-sufficiency technique ultimately boils down to this. All of those steps for me are an encouragement for me to welcome people to love. I am welcoming people to love, not into my consideration of a right belief, because what is right for me may not be right for you. But I think we can all get behind the idea of love. I think we can all adopt 
our identity as love. Daily, I practice walking the talk. Every single day, I practice walking the talk. And you know what? Sometimes I'm unsuccessful. But that has diminished with practice. So that's the call today, practice. Develop a personal, spiritual self-sufficiency technique that works for you. These are just some ideas that may work for you. And I encourage us all to be on that journey. Peace and blessings. You are magnificent. The homework today and for this week, and if you're new to our community, I do invite us all to uh, take away a practical approach to the lesson by encouraging activity in our lives in alignment with that. Well, the homework today, I'm going to encourage us all to sign up for a small group for the fall renewal. If you've never experienced one before, give it a try. What I will tell you is that the groups are limited in number. We don't allow groups that are larger than 10. So if you have two group leaders, and all but one group has two group leaders, there are only eight additional spots available. Representatives for this year's fall renewal are going to be available in Harmony Hall following the celebration today. Um, you'll see in Harmony Hall like the times they are meeting and the approximate location where they are choosing to meet with their group are all posted there, so that can help you make a decision. Um, so please do sign up for a fall renewal group. The fall renewal begins on October 22nd and will be a five-week renewal series this year. Hi, this is Reverend Jonathan Zenz, and I want to thank you for listening to the podcast of my Sunday message. Your financial support will ensure that we can continue to offer this as an option for inspiration. You can make your tax-deductible contribution in any amount on our website, unitytucson.com. Once again, thank you for listening. You are magnificent. Namaste.